0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Chopped Greens. I am your host Philip Amrine, joined alongside my co-host Gary Boucher, Bouchalicious. How are you, Gary? Oh,
1: I haven't heard Bouchalicious before ever. I can't imagine um, you're you know, too they happy to...
0: about it, or anybody with your shared last oh. name. You, would you want to be Bouchalicious?
1: I think that bush delicious is good cuz it's like booty delicious, you know
0: what I mean? Yeah, but um, if you really so, if you're lazy with it and you just just go bush alicious, that's that's, mm, that's not i just go yeah, like, it's, it's a little good. bit.
1: Yeah, well, you know what is good? My day, even though let me share something quick with you. Sure. Um, 12-year-old volleyball refereeing is quite frankly annoying. This uh this, this old man had it out for the players, and I had a lot of energy coming into this podcast. was that apparent, So, but I have relaxed. The game is over. We won, so I'm doing good, man. How are you today?
0: You know what? I'm good. I realize uh, that you are still having troubles with your voice, but it's nice. It's nice for the listener because it, you're very <sighs> much a soothsayer right now. It's yeah. A, a, I'm sultry.
1: I can't go high. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit lower, a little bit more of this kind of like I smoked for 15 years, but now I have a podcast thing. Mm-hmm. So I was going to say, it's very, I,
0: I actually do like, I was going to yeah. say very much a yoga teacher. Namaste. Yeah. Come to class Namaste. and leave behind all of your shoppers. We're going to go
1: into a downward f- facing cat okay. and mm-hmm. stretch our hammies and our butts.
0: And yeah. our butts. Yes. I'm sure all of, uh, All of the uh, yogis, as they like to call themselves, can uh, just say it as butts and not finding a more regal term to... Glutes or we're going to stretch your little butchers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it comes full circle. All right. We go to our film this week called Without Remorse. Tom Clancy's that would have been a, good, a good transition. Mm-hmm. It, it,
1: it goes full circle without remorse. Yeah. Anyways, Tom Clancy's without remorse. Yes.
0: Yes. Kind of like your voice. It is without, rem- without remorse. Michael B. Jordan <laughs> stars in the lead role. Director Stefano Soloma has a uh, direction on it. Stars Michael B. Jordan, Jodie Turner-Smith, Jamie Bell- and uh, Guy Pierce And of course, Lauren London plays, say her name, Pam Kelly. Uh, and, okay, so... Wow, Gary. This this was an up and down film. Uh, very much going to be the ignition uh, to blockbuster season. Oh, who knows what it kind of looks like here in 2021. In a... Uh, slowly rebuilding world in the midst of a pandemic, or maybe hopefully knock on wood coming out of a pandemic. Um, but this yeah. kickstarts that momentum. Uh, of course, it is exclusively on Amazon, but free to Amazon subscribers. Uh, we watched it. There are a lot of commercials for it. Amazon is certainly pumping it. And there's a very good reason why. Well, not a very good reason as far as the general public is concerned, I think. But it's understandable why they are pumping it so much, and that is spoilers ahead. They are pretty much setting up for a franchise world of Rainbow Six, uh, yes. starring yep. Michael B. Jordan in the as a director slash protagonist. And I'm sure. Wait, he's that- going to be directing. I don't, well, like the director of the operations within the film. So, no, oh, I, I don't believe that he'll okay. be directing
1: I was us. like, wow, they are really going all in on Michael B. Jordan. Now, yeah. I, I did see that they're starting it uh, as a franchise, which this movie could end either way. But it is very, I mean, come on, you have prime Michael B. Jordan looking like that. You have to give him a franchise. And I'm frankly excited, man. I very much enjoy this movie. I'm excited
0: to get into it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I, I'm i with you on enjoyment level, but it's weird what it had to overcome for me to enjoy it. Because the biggest element that I can think of on why I enjoyed this is and for good reason why they have advertised Michael B. Jordan so much is because he is tremendous in this film. In a film, I, I, I think back to Charlize Theron in um, the candidate or ah, geez, I, I told you when we did that movie, the only thing I'm going to um, remember, from what was it called? Is, is set is her tremendous um, uh, role yeah. and presence in that film. And then the rest of the movie being absolutely bad. It's called like The Candidate or The Good The Good Year or The, the
1: Election Season. Something I, I don't know. Charlize Theron plays a. It's it's almost like an SNL skit. It's so much of a joke how like dramatically good she is in a movie where her romantic lead is is Seth Rogen. Uh, we we at the podcast do recommend that movie if you want a good acting performance. But you now Jordan does in a different type of movie, sort of that same thing. He he can very obviously anchor a movie as we've seen in Creed and, and Fruitvale Station and even somewhat uh, he's kind of the the beating heart of Black Panther. And in, in, in some ways, you know, um, sure. a lot of people really like that character. So um, he's great. I, I was happy to see him like fully. I don't want to say sell out, but go all in on the just like macho. You know, kind of bland Tom Clancy, you know, superhero military guy thing, because honestly, I watched this movie on a Thursday night and it's I think that Bill Simmons has a term for it. He's like his his favorite types of uh, daytime you turn it on and you just kind of let it wash over you after a long day of work movies this is perfect for that part of me wishes i would have seen it in the theater cuz the action is great and and the production value was great too but honestly i watched it thursday night with a glass of wine with my girlfriend after i got back from the gym and i was like
0: oh that was that was fun it was it's it's definitely at that level yeah and it actually starts out right on the action and i'm I'm surprised because this isn't this is an action film. How do how do I word this? This is an action film, but perhaps not in the way of that you were thinking of. There are a few explosions here and there, but they're they're somewhat subtle. It's all set in a more realistic tone to some degree.
1: Yeah, it's like it's 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 like a military. Like it's it's not like an espionage thriller, like like a Bourne movie, but it's not like a like a guns blazing action movie it's like a it's like a stealthy military undercover i I don't know what the genre is but there's some movies like that it's it's very modern and like how it shows like the the combat you know it's all yeah like little little stealth teams if you play call of duty it's it's kind of like like that
0: yeah because even even the opening sequence to where we get introduced to both of our main protagonist and, and which the is a of the
1: terrific opening terrific sequence a terrific opening five sequence. seconds i was like whoa okay this gets, is well, yeah, we're it, right
0: there yeah it's one of those first i mean it, it has a has a shot on water and that's truly em- emblematic because they baptize you from the first moments of the film where not only do we have a a pull into the water a silent assassination but on top of that we've got a silenced shot of boom 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 from the water and and it's all very cool, very drawing in, very subdued, but still completely exquisite in execution. If anything the following moments afterwards kind of highlight the the problems that do exist within the film where it's it's we have a tremendous opening sequence immediately to get into weird characters that seem to be forced and juxtaposition right afterwards that that you don't necessarily care about and especially after such a an incredibly highlight and incendiary opening you you want to get kind of stay in there maybe have some some x x ex, um ex, exposure to the what the entirety of the script would be and get context while you're running and gunning, as opposed to coming to a complete stop and just having a briefing, which seems to be uh, important, yes, but I uh, even after the the entirety of the briefing, I I didn't feel completely satisfied with with the reasoning for stopping the tempo for what what it was.
1: Yeah, I mean, the problems in the movie happen when the movie slows down and characters yeah. start to talk about like either the moral parts of the movie or really just like the plot of the movie. I mean, it it makes sense enough. I mean, it's definitely, you know, based off a book that your granddad would read in five minute chunks on the toilet or something. I mean, it's, um, and, and, and the weaknesses become more apparent as the movie goes on because there's this big conspiracy that unfolds. But honestly, both of the, what I call the aha moments of the movie where it's like, look, the plan is revealed. Are probably the two weakest points yeah. in in the movie, which um, where the movie e- isn't e- even... self
0: aware enough to have a true aha moment. Where the uh, where like you yeah. said the aha moment, it's it comes it becomes underwhelming. Where all of a sudden you're you're you have this realization and you feel cheated over what what was the real indicate what was the real presence underneath the surface of what motivated the entirety of the plot and, and where it was going and especially with the timing of what was left to be uh it wraps it up nicely but I, again whenever you get through the rest of the film even after the first briefing there's really good action and you get to continue to see i like whenever you had the knife to the hand which pinned the two people together and then he shoots them both, that was something Mm. I I really hadn't seen. It was just really nice. Uh, Again, it's weird to say uh, a sequence of killing people is is nice but um, it's it's no I mean th- that's continuity. why you, that's why I wanted
1: to watch this this movie that's sure. why I wanted to watch Mortal Kombat you know and what was great about the action in this movie you know big criticism I had in Mortal Kombat was too much cutting right so this yeah. movie it, it was dark and chaotic for a lot of it but you could still track the action because they didn't cut you got to see a trigger get pulled and a bullet fly through the air and actually hit a guy and then without cutting you would see michael b jordan run and hit another guy and you know and they have these little 10 second sequences that you don't think about but it's it's there's more impact in the action when we see in one frame a punch get thrown and land or a knife get stuck in somebody instead of cutting 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 and um yeah it's it's tricky to to shoot dark action i think but they actually do a really good job of making you feel like you know the the chaos but you still know in your head oh there's a guy behind that wall and there's a guy across the street and they're all shooting at each other you can't really tell what's going on but as it unfolds you it just makes sense
0: sure you there know there were moments where geographically especially in the end where geographically it kind of was a weird faux pas where they're getting shot from <laughs> Yeah when they like went through the apartment angles? it's a, it was yeah, weird yeah it doesn't necessarily feel like it added up i i'm giving it the benefit of the doubt because it actually did end rather well for especially for the film, and if if it's an entire movie, which I, I'm starting to get more and more tired of, but it's an an entire film almost solely dedicated for sequels. Uh, I, I feel like since we've lived through the era of Marvel, it, it's it's been now done better and it's been done with more intent and purpose, and it's no not longer novel. So uh, I'm beginning to lose yeah. my patience for films such as these, where again you're you're just using them as an excuse and uh, they, they themselves aren't a good movie in and of themselves per se because they are the beginning portion of of what the rest remains to be think of think of something like jurassic park where jurassic park one yes it's cheesy it's campy it's whatever but it's self-encapsulated even though there are sequels be- built off of it it is self-encapsulated even jurassic park 2 or i think it, uh, the lost world i believe uh again it's self-encapsulated they weren't entirely trying to go now we get to number three and it's not as good or anything but again self-encapsulated as opposed to the following trilogy which was all based and gearing towards making a a new trilogy and making a a sequence or maybe even a universe technically where they can maneuver around and whether or not it be with planning such as such as jurassic world versus non-planning with star wars that difference there, it, it begins to wear down and water down once Marvel has done it and Marvel's done it so successfully and Marvel was first to the party. That's where I i am starting to lose my faith. Anyways, back to
1: this now, film. I, I, I've got some, uh, yeah, the, Go this ahead. movie, I think, um, well, first of all, for, for like a franchise, I actually have sort of high hopes, A, because Michael Jordan is, Michael Jordan, Michael B. Jordan is yes. great and kind of rumblings of something thematically that could be that this movie is actually pretty ambitious in general which i do appreciate like they they have like a few really beautiful dream sequences there or the sequence in his house where like the flashlight is rolling around on the floor just like interesting little filmmaking choices like that that are you know more suited towards like drama movies and so they obviously the, the weak part of the movie is is the conspiracy and it's trying to say something about, you know, America and stuff like that. And it doesn't really hit. But I think that with the right writer and the right director, the foundation is there. You know, if it's a Tom Clancy movie,
0: action's going to be fine. So I think well, that even, um, even it, more so than that, I, I had a friend who yeah. I was watching the film with. And this feels more in retrospect of the film than where we're kind of in starting about it. But. The point remains, and it'll be a th- something of a theme, where the story itself felt alright, felt good, and you, you kind of liked how the story was structured, it felt right, and again, since it's based off of a book, since it's based off of a series, off of a series of writing... It makes sense that it would it would have a strong structure. I would even argue that it has strong characters and strong acting perform- performances. It uh, well, and th- the
1: best part of the story is the revenge aspect, like yes. like the John Wick. Yes. Oh, you killed my dog. You killed yes. my wife. I'm gonna go kill all of you guys. Then it starts to get weak when you get the government in there and and they talk about you know we wanted to start a war because America is one side pitting against and all that stuff. It doesn't really hit, but what does hit is hey, you
0: killed my wife, so yeah. I'm gonna kill. And all the, of yous. Yeah, and the reason why that doesn't work for me for a lot of the time was the dialogue within scenes. Yes, the entirety of the scene felt essential. Yes, the entirety of the scene propelled the story along and I I would argue that each scene deserved to be in there, but the dialogue between characters, you felt you felt as if the actors had to sell it more so than if anything fell flat it was on the actor's performance or their choice because it was written so poorly that that i just i i I couldn't move maneuver past it or there were poor there were some poor edits like if we go to that that so that social party where Um, she's talking to their pastor or something and uh, they're they're discussing kids or something. There was a weird cut from there, man. There were a couple of weird times where the editing really took me out of the film. And it wasn't like I was aiming for that with this film. I didn't go in. I, I try my best to adjust my expectations my scope my my lenses if you will of a film whenever i go in i i don't go in with for this film without remorse in, in the same way that i would for phantom thread i i, I or sean the sheep even there's just different different uh hurdles that i would go through with each film and what i would come to expect out of each performance uh or maybe each film but but even with that being said i I think that editing across the board for all of those, even again, if you go to Shaun the Sheep, editing's incredibly pivotal for something like that with stop motion. Editing's incredibly pivotal for Phantom Thread or something like that, an artsy indie film where you definitely need uh, editing to help tell a story, especially if it's something that much more nuanced. And for Without Remorse, editing the action scenes were edited rather well. I'll give it that, but a lot of the times that we went to stories, it just wasn't edited that well to where it. Took you out of even more so the story where you're just like, yada, yada, get me back to the action.
1: Wasn't edited well and combined with the fact that the dialogue is flimsy and the story gets flimsy. All of those things combined to really stick out when there's just sitting and talking scenes, which kind of sucks. And, you know, Jamie Bell... And Jodie Turner Smith are actually both excellent actors. Like I've seen them both in other movies, and they're great. But this movie makes them almost seem like bad actors. But yeah, jo- they're not. Jo- Jodie like, Turner Smith, she fine. was like the, the the weakest link in the movie. She but was. honestly, like and, and she as a person isn't. But like the the character and the whole vibe was a little bit weird, man.
0: Let me know what do you think. Was it was it the writing? Was it the casting, or was it both for Jodie Turner Smith? Because throughout the film. One, you're very confused about her status. I I couldn't tell you if in the first scene she is the actual team squad leader or if she's not, uh, and then she just gets elevated once he retires or leaves the service. I can't. I couldn't tell you. At first, I thought that maybe they were, maybe they were related at some point, or there they were brothers. I couldn't tell you that. And then three, she just seems so. Ah, what's the word? She seemed muted, muted, like, nonchalant. She. She was, and
1: maybe it's because there's so many other strong personalities on the team. I, I imagine the director wanted her to be like laid back, but still it's like, as the, the team leader, you still, as an audience need a sense that she's a little bit frightening or like these people really respect her and they obviously respect her, but I don't believe why. And I think that. I wouldn't put it as much as casting, as much as writing and direction, because I know what she as an actress can do. She's got a, an, an amazing range, but like, she's so one note and bland. And like when she sits down with him in the locker room and she's like, drink, it, sh- it feels like so yeah. manufactured, which I actually love moments like that movies like this. It's like, well, he, he takes a freaking alcohol shower. It's like, it's, it's that type of movie. But, uh, even then, a bad actor could come in and j- j- probably do a better job with the right direction. So I feel like the way that she fit in with the group, which is
0: more on the director, I think, than anybody, felt pretty weird. Yeah, even casting choices might have been there for her because I, again, I I I go back and forth. I, I haven't seen her repertoire work, so I the only thing I've really seen her in was Queen and Slim. Uh, that's the only one uh, that I've really seen her in uh, before so it's not like I have anything to really m- put behind to to have a definitive opinion on which, which it was so I'll give her the benefit of the doubt and just say she was miscast rather than bad acting or, or you know I even put it on bad dialogue I think that I'm doing a fair job just saying it might have been some other thing but The other, the on the other side of the coin, the weird part about casting Guy Pierce, who I was both pleasantly surprised to see in this film, but on the other hand, I thought it was completely foreboding that he was in that film with that role because you kind of felt the entire time that. Oh he's the surprise villain isn't he this is this is forecast no, or it's it's
1: honestly I have like like because I, I take notes when I watch movies for the podcast and like yeah. my second note is like guy Pierce villain like it's yeah. it's just very and honestly hey that's fine. Um, I think that it could have used some work, and hopefully in future movies, the twist is a little bit more twisty. But, I mean, for this movie, like I said, it's a Thursday night snoozer. I'm I'm cool with it. Sure, but Gary,
0: there is an art to casting, right? I mean, again, since we're already in that realm, if we go back to Marvel and go to Captain America uh which one is it i believe it's uh, the winter soldier uh, where it's like their most uh, so uh, suspense and most uh what is it noir film slash uh spy on spy film yeah it's it's it's, it's, who did it's like they cast a typical surprise- thriller just dressed up as a marvel movie oh, sure who did they cast um, as the surprise film? i can't Robert Redford. Does Robert Redford? I've, I don't Robert, think I've ever yeah, seen him cast. That's right. As a villain. That's right. And he works so incredibly well within that role because either one, you don't know who he is because he's for a different generation, and two, he comes off as a very much a leading man and he's just, he doesn't play that role. But since he's such a good actor, he's such a good blockbuster actor that he actually pulls it off to where it is a genuine surprise twist whenever you see him all of a sudden just pop off his maid because she came in at the wrong time and hurt something it's it's beautiful it's absolutely blissful
1: i actually i'm, I'm happy that you brought that movie up because i think that's a the most underrated marvel movie Somewhere. and B probably a good comp for what this could have been tone wise and story wise this story could be i think that the 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 peak of for this franchise is going to be, you know, Jason Bourne combined with sure. John Wick. As far as the action of John Wick, a little bit of the character stuff, and then the political conspiracy stuff of G- uh, Jason Bourne. I don't think it's going to reach those heights, no. but that's like what it should be. As, and, and like a B movie, Amazon prime streaming type way. And I think that thinking of the winter soldier for the twist, the action, the way that they pull off the political stuff, I think it's, it's a, a good comp for it, man. I mean, straight up. My favorite line from this movie is towards the end when he's talking to Jimmy Bell on the boat and Jimmy Bell goes, there's a duffel bag of money below decks. <laughs> it's yours. It's like, <laughs> um, it's. I was like, of course so there is that type, yeah, of, movie. It's that type <laughs> of movie. Hey man, it's like, w- w- what is he gonna do? He has to go back to jail. Oh wait there's a duffel bag of money below dicks. It's yours. Just, I mean, what's the amount of money? What, why are you giving him this money? No, man. Well, you know what? You're John Kelly. We've got a duffel bag of money for you and it's yours.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? It, that splinters off into two directions. So let me go, go to both to, to jostle off of the John Wick point. I will say that the chemistry and romance between the two, the two love interests in this film, John Kelly and Pam Kelly, uh, uh, really works because that that has to work. And what we have to Wick, believe it, yeah. And what in John Wick is somewhat easily attained because who doesn't love a puppy? Because it's a dog. Yeah, yeah. You, you almost instantly get that. They, I would say, have a successful again, I don't <laughs> the editing took out the story element for me, but the romance and the chemistry was certainly there between the two leads to where I thought it was a very successful if you think about what it had to accomplish in a very short amount of time. I thought it was very successful. You bought the relationship between the two uh, and I've I hadn't seen that successful at that short, of uh of a of an interlapse uh, in a film. Well dude, far, I mean it's like pound for pound. It was very good. It's good, but you know, talking about
1: casting, think about I know this is a way different movie, but in the beginning of Scream they have Drew Barrymore and then the killer in five minutes. Imagine if they got like an A list, very, very, very good actress, and then killed her off. I mean, I would believe it even more. I mean, it's, I think it's fun. It works. It makes me feel for him. I believe it when he's crying. I feel like it. It's that the relationship was strong enough to power me through the movie. I was like, oh, yeah, they're soulmates. They're, well, they're cute. But imagine if if they cast I don't know some A-list actress as,
0: as his wife, and then we're like, oh my god, she's dead. Sure, possibly Gary. But the only problem with that is is that if you watch the trailers for this film, if you I don't know if you had seen any of the promotion for this film, but pretty much anywhere across the board, since I I work in sports and I keep seeing it on ESPN on on rerun, uh, at nauseum. Whenever I see the Advertising for this film, I think what they're trying to somewhat sell so that way it's not too, too cheesy is the title without remorse. So therefore, one integral part of the film was them showcasing that she does die in the beginning. So I think that that's partly why they, they weren't trying to make that. No,
1: I mean, if, if you like go on Amazon, it says after his pregnant wife is murdered. I uh, mean, yeah. it's like the first slide, you know, it's it, it's it's a revenge thriller thriller with a little bit of the political side of things. But I, it does work. And the, the uh, break in sequence, I think, w- was very well done as as well.
0: Yeah. Um, Honestly. So, yeah. yeah, if we go through what the action scenes were. Honestly, oh my goodness, one we, we have to. Yeah, so. Very memorable. All right, first off, the the first one that really is divisive to me, I can't tell if it was scary or funny, was when that guy gets run over by the van while taking out his trash. That was, that was very divisive in the group that I was watching this film with. Dude.
1: I've got to shout out Luke Mitchell, that that actor. I actually thought he because mm, I, I, he's not that big of an actor, but he played a very big role on a, a great TV show, Agents of Shield. And I was like, Oh, it's Luke Mitchell, that's great. And then it was um
0: It was over. I so definitely chuckled. It, Gary?
1: Yeah. Uh, I definitely chuckled when, when I, I feel bad saying it, but honestly, when with the van just like just plowed over him, it's it's like slapstick almost. I mean <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it, it's kind of like the uh, bag of money moment. Like the, of course we need that to happen, but there's just probably
0: a little bit of a less corny way to do it. And then the right? two moments that'll definitely stick with you that you'll remember from this film, if nothing else, maybe what two of the three, if you, if you want to remember the entirety of the last scene, which was pretty good, really good. Um, uh, The car on fire in an airport. Oh, my God. That is
1: one of the most we don't care. We're going to do this scene. I mean, I was so proud. I was like, this is insane that this is happening. I mean, realism can only be pushed so far. But I was like, hey it's fine with I mean he sets the car on fire then gets in and interrogates the guy then shoots him I it was amazing
0: I loved it yeah that if nothing else if nothing before had told you which route we are going down setting a car on fire and going inside before you kill the guy and getting a name as he dies was beautiful
1: incredible i was like laughing with pure joy because i was like that was probably the peak of that movie that and the uh, prison fight the sequence prison which,
0: that's my next
1: let one. me just say yeah this movie man i mean Talk about not knowing what to do with story-wise. I mean, it's so weird. He goes to prison. He's and he's out in five minutes. It's almost like, it's either make that sequence longer or just take it out. But we are treated to an amazing fight sequence where he pulls off his shirt. Like they hang on his shredded body for like a whole minute as he stuffs the sink with his shirt so that he can because he's a Navy SEAL. I guess he he gets the floor all wet. He, and then these armored like dudes with riot shields and bats come in. And he kicks their asses with his bare fist. And then all of a sudden, like every prison guard is there. And they're like, no, 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 no. You know what? Don't go in there. He'd probably kill all of us. And then he, he just closes the door. They slide a phone through. Oh, my God. It was ridiculous. Ridiculous in the best
0: way. In the best of ways. He is a human muscle. We love it. Uh, yeah. So uh, look, a lot. Uh, again, what, look through this film with the filter of just enjoy it don't go too far into it. I had some problems with it even with that filter on with a couple of the editing choices. Ironically, not within the action parts of the film, really, but in the story, elements. really. Yeah. Uh and the dialogue Absolutely. The dialogue. A lot of the film falls flat whenever we get to the the political side of this film. Uh not even like it's political in the stereotypical way just the just the genre of political within films. Uh that's when it starts to lose a lot of its luster that it gains and a lot of its momentum. Uh, I think that there's even probably a better ending. I hope that you watched Gary the post credit scene. If you-
1: there's a post credit, I didn't even know that there was a
0: post credit yes, scene. Yes, yes, they are oh, very what? much going off of the formula that makes Marvel what? Marvel. Okay, so okay, go back and enjoy it. It's it's about ten. I don't know. It's all of like two minutes, three minutes, maybe. But enjoy. And uh, I hope this gives you, a, if we haven't ruined every single thing, actually, we didn't really that much talk about the actual story of the film, but that makes sense because this film doesn't necessarily uh, matter about I the story. really could. I mean, dude, when when he walks into the
1: apartment and, okay, we talk about casting, right? Yeah. Excuse me. Let me just say real quick, the casting was so strange because one of the news anchors was purred happily yes. for Parks and Recreation. Yes, I which I I was like... Yes. I was like, oh my names. God, this is, this is, you heard with Perd. And then the actor who played, um, the guy he was going after who blew himself up is a very famous comedic actor whose name I don't know, but I've only ever seen him in comedies, Fleabag, the other guys. And then he was, I mean, he, he walks in and he's like, there are no more ops, John. This is the last op. me and you. It's all been planned, John. Another example of it the, felt like of the a, moments falling flat, but yeah, um, it felt like a yeah. film
0: that they that they thought that they had established throughout the film and Yeah. One, it was a Bond villain moment
1: where like that's like the last monologue of the movie like or, the final face off. It's about an hour in and
0: Or it's a film are that are they no set up Ops, in a John. previous film that he just barely got away and then now it's it's the final one. But
1: Exactly. I, and a- also this is the guy who he's been going after the entire movie, and weirdly I don't feel the impact. Connection? It feels like he's having a conversation with like another character. It's really weird.
0: Yeah. You felt like the, uh, they went too far into the, uh, the Ritter is maybe a villain aspect to where you actually bought it. And then you were disappointed when he wasn't, uh, that's, that's how I felt. So anyways, um, yes, that is our final little element on it. Okay. So out of the entirety of the film, Gary, let me think. What is an appropriate how many how many uh frag grenades do we get out of this film? Good.
1: I like that. Let me just add one more thing that I just sure. remembered. Uh, just another example of the narrative stuff could have been stronger. They had this this chess metaphor. I don't know if you noticed in the first party scene, there's like two people playing chess and Michael B. Jordan comes over and like moves the pieces around. They're like, whoa, oh my God. And then later in the movie, he's talking about oh, a, a pawn couldn't take down a king. A pawn can't take... And, and he says like three or four more chess lines in the movie and yeah. they just never revisit that, which I think would have been like a really cool thing to do. Anyways... Um, how many frag grenades? So let's say in, um, I'm going to do four, but one with the pin pulled out. That's my version of three and a half. So three and a half frag grenades. You, you three got and a half frag four, grenades dropped on one top the of the police. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Perfectly tossed onto every police car from the, the top of a building. Yeah. I mean, this is this movie is ridiculous in the best way most, most of the time. So yeah, three and a half because it's... Honestly to me, a perfect Thursday snooze I was surprised to read like that the audience reviews were so bad. I wouldn't really care about the critic reviews, but usually audiences like yeah, it, but even like the this, audiences didn't like it.
0: Yeah, for a film yeah. like this, you would think that the audience would be much more favorable. It was
1: weird, man. Yeah. And I was like, I actually, I I quite enjoyed this movie from top to bottom. Like, if you just want to throw on an action movie, it's good enough. Not as good as Extraction, which I, once again, recommend, I um, which is probably the best version of this movie. Yeah, but... Um, three and a half. It was, it was good enough for me.
0: I'm going to go three, a solid three. I don't feel any need to go above that. I was possibly even thinking two, but it feels appropriate at three. Reason being, Dude, it would have been a three for me, but then they had him sit in a flaming car
1: for like what? 3 minutes. See, now
0: that's what that, helps bring it up to a 3 for me. Cuz honestly, you have to right, you, you exactly. No, to, exactly. You have to monitor it somewhere around there, but the story inadequacies, the inner scene dialogues really fall flat and uh, it loses a lot of its momentum consistently throughout the film even though it has good moments peppered throughout. So, a 3 feels appropriate. Go enjoy it, turn off your brain and have a good Friday night and get grab some popcorn while you're at it. 4 Podcast is
1: Emeritus Gary Boucher, who just found a duffel bag of money below decks.
0: I am Philip Bammer and thank you so much for listening to this and of course all of our episodes if you haven't already go ahead and look back into our backlog of episodes we've got a bunch of movie reviews for you to enjoy as well as an accompanying give me five for all of those episodes which we are going to be dropping here soon as well and we've got all that for you make sure to subscribe listen to us on all platforms upon which you can get your podcasts whether it be Apple podcasts Spotify Spotify Pretty much anywhere except for Pandora, because screw you, Pandora. I think he's perfectly suited for this mission.